Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's so wonderful to be part of the family of God and to worship Him together. I just greet you all in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus, our Savior, our Healer, and our Deliverer, who saves us from sin, heals us of all our diseases, and delivers us from the kingdom of darkness into His marvelous light. I love the way Paul says, grace and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ to you. To every single one of you out there right now, every single one of us need the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the peace of God. And so just receive that right now. I just want to encourage you, strengthen you uh, in the Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. For those that are new, um, I was listening to this for the first time. My name is Grant. I am one of the pastors of 24-7 Church and uh, also the father of the house. And I uh, just want you to sit back and just uh, drink from the Word of God, from the nourishment from heaven, from His river this morning. Thank you, bud. Um, I felt this on my heart just as we were worshiping, and I, it's for somebody... And I just want to release it very quickly um, before I get into the Word. Um, but I just, um, this just kept running over in my spirit. And so I just want to read it to you. It's found in Hebrews chapter 6. Um, if it's for one or many or just uh, for someone out there. Um, it's uh, in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 11 and 12. But... Um, from verse 10, it says, For God is not unjust as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for His name in serving the saints as you still do. And I feel like um, there's some out there that just need encouragement this morning that God has seen, notices your incredible love and your work uh, in His kingdom in serving the saints. Um, but I want to just uh, stir your heart I just felt this is what the Lord was wanting me to just um, release and proclaim. And that's in verse 11. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness that you have, the earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. So that you may not be sluggish. Just feel like the Lord just encouraging uh, many out there right now to have, to continue in the love and the earnestness of your work for the Lord, um, and not to get sluggish during this time. Um, one of our dangers is to get sluggish as the people of God. But the Bible says, be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. How do we make sure that sluggishness doesn't come near our place, near our dwelling or near our doorstep? And that's by faith and patience. We're a people that are called to live by faith and patience in what? In God, in His promises, trusting Him that He is leading and He's going to outwork. Uh, and when we stay focused and yielded to Him, then we don't get um, sluggish. Amen? So just an encouragement to somebody out there. If it's just for one, that's wonderful. If it's for many, uh, just know that God sees your work. He sees your love for the saints and how faithful you've been in serving. But don't get sluggish now. 
Um, but by faith and patience, inherit the promises that He has for you in Jesus' name. Um, I want to share something that's just been stirring on my heart for a while now. And uh, I know for some in 24-7 um, may have heard me share it a little bit in little bits and pieces, but I hope to unpack it a bit better this morning and maybe um, uh, just encourage uh, every single one of us um, as we go forth uh, to make sure that we are keeping ourselves in the Lord and under His covering and His presence and allowing Him to lead. Because I want to I wanna challenge us a little bit this morning um, and just stir us up a little bit. But I, I want to say this. Um, you know, um, at this time right now, uh, the Lord has spoken over 24-7 church, and I believe over His church worldwide, um, just to bring that adjustment and the alignment back into our hearts. Where our hearts had drifted, where our hearts had, had uh, um, sort of, our gaze had been on other things. Um, he's wanting us to bring back that alignment, that consecration, that dedication, that yieldedness, that yes, back to Him and to Him alone. Uh, and in doing all of that, there's been just this, this work that God's been doing, uh, and He's been uh, uh, sort of uh, wooing us into our full dedication, full consecration, uh, wooing us into that yes of giving my all. And uh, as He's been doing that, um, the church uh, as a body, is uh, supposed to have come into this oneness, into this one place with Jesus Christ. But in all the turmoil that's been going on um, in the world and all the stuff, even in South Africa right now, it just seems that there's chaos and confusion out there in the world and many, many voices. It just seems as well in the church. There seems to be a lot of chaos and a lot of voices. And that something doesn't line up with that in my spirit and in my heart as to why there's so much voices at this time. And uh, I want to kind of address that a little bit uh, and just help us and give us some tools uh, on this journey uh, as we go along in God. Because I do believe the best is now and God is at work. And the kingdom of God is uh, being outworked in people's lives as we yield to Him, the kingdom the king's domain, the rule and reign of God, the more we yield to his authority, to his rule and his reign in our lives, so the kingdom can flow and be released. This is a, a great time to be alive. This is a great time to be part of the church. Um, so I want to I wanna just challenge us a little bit with that, um, because I've just felt like um, people's, um, as they've been shaken, um, because Jane had a great word last week in Hebrews 12, just uh, encouraging us, talking about the, uh, a kingdom that cannot be shaken and a kingdom that can be shaken. And as our hearts come into line, anything that's not of the kingdom of God that can be shaken has been shaken. If you put your trust and your confidence in something else, suddenly that's been shaken. Uh, whether you have such confidence in your job or confidence in your ability to make finances or confidence in your finances, that's been shaken. Because it can be shaken. Um, we have to put all our confidence and trust in that which cannot be shaken. That's the kingdom of God. That's the king. That's in Jesus. Amen? And as the shaking has taken place, it's brought a vulnerability to a lot of people. Uh, uh, people have kind of uh, felt a bit um, um, open. And, uh, and it's been a good thing because God's meant to, uh, wanted it to be to, to what the devil meant for evil, to turn it for good. 
Um, but what it can do is in our insecurities, we can start to be distracted and ask many questions and get uh, drifting here and there. And God wants to establish us on Him, the rock. Amen. So I'm trying to build uh, up to, to something right now because I also want to uh, just say this in my foundation just to lay it for us this morning. Is, uh, it's Matthew 24, which speaks about the end times. And it's around verse 11 and 12. It talks about in the last days that uh, lawlessness will increase and the love of many will grow cold. I want to say to you, it's interesting, lawlessness increases, the love of many grow cold. Uh, lawlessness just simply is a, 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 a self on steroids. It's just uh, where we, just, we, 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 we don't want to yield to any, any authority. Uh, we just want to do our own thing. Uh, and love grows cold because God is love. And if we don't yield to Him and to His authority, if we just want to do our own thing, then our love for Him starts to grow cold. And so there is a key mandate and message that's going out right now, church. And that's to every single one of us that we need to make sure that our lives in this time when a prevailing spirit of lawlessness is on the increase around the world that we are not ones also who get sucked in, who subtly become sluggish, who subtly start to uh, not bow to authority or not want to yield to authority. And that's why, as uh, Courtney was sharing, this is a time for humility. This is time for a contrite heart, a spirit that yields totally to, to God. Um, and so um, just that as an as a opening um, um, sort of foundation, I want to just launch into what I want to share. And uh, um, I just wanted to, I was just talking to the Lord, and I'm just going to use this as a, as a scripture, scripture to illustrate my point. But in Romans chapter 8, um, I think it's verse 31, it talks about that if God be for us, who can be against us? And uh, what a powerful word. Wow. That's just a declaration and a statement of such truth. It's just impacting and, uh, and um, overwhelmingly fantastic. But the truth is, um, do you believe it? Do you believe that if God is for you, then who can be against you? In other words, nobody can be against you. You see, the, tr the truth is the enemy doesn't think you believe it. See, he thinks that the people of God don't really believe and they're still operating in another realm. As, uh, as we were praying this morning and Connor was sharing, I think it's in Revelations chapter 4, where a voice comes from heaven and he turns whatever and a door is open. The reality is that door is open right now for us to move into the realms of the Spirit and to live in the realms of the Spirit and for God to lead us and to, and to guide us. Um, but the devil doesn't believe that as a people that we have taken that opportunity and walked through that door. He still thinks we live in this realm, um, and uh, he believes that uh, he can still kind of um, deceive us or get us uh, to this place where we actually don't believe the Word of God. So I want to start there this morning and just build up uh, just a couple of building blocks to a place of strength and equip us. And I want to say this, um, the devil believes we live by feelings because that's the realm we were born into. You see, every single one of us was born into the realm of feelings, of the five senses. And as we were born into that realm, we operate and we live by the five senses. When a believer gets born again, they get transformed into another realm 
which is we are meant to be living in the Spirit now. Not by our feelings, but to live in the Spirit is to live by faith. But the enemy still thinks that a lot of the church still operating in the realms of our feelings. Um, and unbelievers are supposed to be the ones that live sensual and with their senses um, and their feelings. But believers are not supposed to. We're supposed to live uh, in the spirit realm. But what we do see in the church, and we're seeing it at the moment, and uh, it's a stirring and an encouraging word this morning. There's no condemnation in this word. What we're seeing uh, in the church today is a lot of people that have been um, influenced by what's going on around them, and they're operating by their feelings. And they're living by their feelings. Um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling depressed. Uh, I'm feeling heavy. Um, I'm feeling sick. Um, and in order for them to feel better, um, they have to have their feelings change. So a lot of the church wants to come for prayer because they are feeling down. And if you pray for them and they feel better, then they think they are better. So if their feelings change, then they think now they are better. So we've learned to live in this, in this realm of feelings and Everything that we respond and operate with God often is in relation to our feelings, which actually is not the realm we're supposed to be living in. So it means that when something like that goes wrong, all the enemy's got to do is play in the realm of feelings for the church to be tossed to and fro. So I'm going to give us some tools, and hopefully it'll help. Um, God wants us to live by faith. Not faith as some kind of tool to get something, but faith as a confidence and a trust in Jesus Christ. Every decision that you make is established on your confidence in something or someone. Where is your trust? Where is your confidence? Because every decision that you make will come from that. You either got faith in the opinions of people, you've got faith in something, which could be money, it could be finances, your investments. Uh, where's your trust? You see, and, 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 and God wants us to live in this realm of faith, faith in God. I love it. It's Mark 11, round about verse 23. You know, after Jesus has cursed the fig tree and it dies, whatever, the next morning they're walking along, the, the, the disciples are shocked that it actually did die. Um, um, Jesus spoke to it and declared, and, but they're shocked. They're, wow, Jesus, look at that. And he goes, have faith in God. Have faith in God. See, our confidence, our faith must be in God. When our faith is in God, then we can say to the mountain. Because that's how you appropriate faith, is by speaking and declaring. Let me not jump ahead of myself. So, when we operate in faith, what faith does is separate us out of the realm of feelings into the realm of the Spirit. Why? Because the realm of the Spirit is feelings, and then uh, the, realm, the realm of the, the flesh is feelings, but the realm of the spirit, faith now puts us into that realm because it's now a confidence in God. I hope we, it's simple, but I hope we're understanding this. I'm not teaching anything radical here. I'm just um, reinforcing a couple of things. Um, 
And uh, when we begin to operate by faith and operate in this realm, we're not supposed to be listening to any other voices. See, many voices out there right now, and even at this time, whenever we even feel like there's this, this uh, liberty to add our voice. But uh, the truth of the matter is that actually it's the exact opposite in the kingdom, and what God is speaking and declaring right now is to, for the people of God to keep quiet and to let His voice begin to arise. Let the King come in. Let the voice of God begin to arise. Let the voice of God, the trumpet of God, the thundering voice of God, the truth, let that get louder and louder and louder over the people of God so that they are, 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 are led by a confidence and a faith in that voice. Bible says, Matthew 4, verse 4, man shall not live by bread alone. Not live by bread. Not live by what you put into this body, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's we live by His word. We live. I hope you can understand that. Our life is sustained by the word of God. Not what you put in your mouth, but that which uh, is inside of you and that which comes out of your mouth. It's just simple scripture, but the righteous live... By faith. Faith in God. All good scriptures, but pulling this together. Um, supposed to live by God's voice. And uh, as, a, as a beautiful, I always love this, as a beautiful uh, illustration, reminder to us, I love to go back to the beginning. Always go back to the beginning, the, the original source of how everything happened, because the, the enemy is not a creator. He just duplicates and, uh, and he, he, he does nothing new. He just tries to uh, do it in different ways, but it's the same thing. What happened was Adam and Eve are in the garden, and they've got one voice. That's God, our Father. And then uh, immediately another voice comes into the equation. And the, what's, where they slip up is first and foremost with Eve is um, she gets deceived because she, gets, she starts to listen to another voice. And why does she listen to another voice? Because she looks at the tree and sees that it is good. Feelings, emotions. She moves into the realm of feelings and emotions. And now she starts to believe the other voice. And then Adam's there and, uh, and then he also eats. But now he uh, is rebellious because he knows the voice. And he chooses not to obey the voice. Eve suddenly gets deceived into, because of her feelings and emotions and drifts. But Adam is, and that's why when God addresses them in the garden, he speaks to Adam. Because he was given authority to listen to the voice. And every single one of us are now in the second Adam or in Jesus Christ who's given us authority to listen to the voice. You see, the minute you start to listen to other voices, it starts to mess with your identity. Mm -hmm. Go on, go down there. It's you think if you're not feeling good, you're not doing good. And if you're not believing good, you will never be doing good. It's not about your feelings. 
It's about Jesus. You see, otherwise Christianity becomes a religion about answering prayers. I'm not feeling good. I'm feeling a bit down, so I need someone to come pray for me so that I can feel better. So it's about me coming and God responding to my cry and my prayer and fixing me. Um, and so now I'm no longer communing with Him. I'm now operating through somebody. And then what happens is, because we're operating by our feelings, and we're not operating in communion with God, we constantly need prayer, and we constantly need a touch from God. We constantly need our feelings healed. So because when that is, then I, I, then I am that. So I'm feeling depressed. So when I no longer feel depressed, then I'm, not a de- I'm no longer depressed. Um, and so now I've got to come somewhere where I can receive uh, from somebody else is anointing to, for my, my depression to go, for me to feel better. Um, but now I didn't, it wasn't my journey of communion with God. So now I'll go away and I'll always need somebody to come and to touch me to help those things go away. But subtly what the enemy is doing is, is that he's, he's taking away the power of the touch of God. Because I'm constantly needing that touch. So now the power of that touch is no longer, it's, it's diminishing all the time. Because I'm constantly needing to be touched. I'm constantly needing to be ministered to. I'm constantly, constantly needing to be prayed for. Um, and this is because I'm operating in the realm of feelings. We're going, we're going somewhere. Stay with me. You see, the Bible actually says in 1 John 2, I think it's verse 6, it says, if you're abiding in Christ, then you'll walk in the same manner. So we're all called to walk in the same manner as God, as, as Christ. So now let's look at the manner that Christ walked in. Did Christ operate by his feelings? And let me, I'll quickly say this, is that God gave us feelings. Don't get me wrong. He gave us feelings. He gave us a soul and he gave us feelings. But those feelings, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, those feelings fell as well. So our feelings, operating by our feelings, not those feelings. Those feelings are rooted in an insecure man. Those feelings are rooted in another identity. Those feelings are operating from another person. When I get transformed and born again, my feelings and my emotions are also born again. That's why Jesus could have compassion. But friends, he didn't operate from compassion. He didn't say that compassion moved me now to do this, that compassion was what compelled him. Because Jesus said this, I do nothing other than what I hear my father saying, and what I see my father doing. There's something that we've got to understand here about the life of Christ and how he operated, that he did not operate in feelings and emotions. And we are called to walk in the same manner. But you don't know, Grant, what I've done. Well, you're not supposed to operate from what you've done. You're supposed to operate from what Jesus has done. You see, so if you operate from what you've done, oh, then you, I, I, I'm feeling guilty and I'm ashamed. But if I operate from what Jesus has done, he was triumphant, conquering, king on the cross. And I operate now with confidence and boldness. 
in Jesus. When Jesus uh, was on the earth, um, and he spent 30 years just developing a relationship with God, developing a union and a oneness with God, developing an understanding, beginning to operate in the realm of the Spirit, where he would listen and obey his Father, he walks up to some disciples and he says to them, follow me. And then for three years, he asked them to follow him. Now, I know for most of you, you're not getting this, but I'm gonna, gonna, you're going to catch it. He didn't say, I want you to do what's right. He didn't say, I want you to obey me. He says, I want you to follow me. For three years, he called them to follow him. What are we called to do? We're called to follow him. Yes, when we do follow him, we obey. When we do follow him, we do right. But we're not trying to do right or wrong. We're not trying to obey. We are following him. There's a difference here, church, because the reality is when you come into oneness, when you yield to him, when you allow him to become Lord, when you begin to operate in the spirit, when you begin to operate by faith in him, in his promises and what he has done, friends, then what you simply are doing is following him. You're not listening to a whole bunch of other voices and getting distracted, um, but you're following Him. You see, faith only appropriates what God has already provided by grace. Faith only appropriates what God has already provided by grace. So if grace has not provided it, your faith does not make God do anything. If grace has not provided it, then your faith doesn't make God do anything. We're not going to God to make Him do something, friends. Our faith is appropriating what God has already done. Whew, hope you can catch this. All that Jesus did, he did on the cross for every single one of us. His grace achieved it, and now we're appropriating it by faith. That's why we don't operate with feelings. I hope we can understand this. We're not, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling unrest and, 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 and insecurity and doubt in my heart, and now I'm coming and I'm asking you, Lord, won't you come and won't you take this unrest and this insecurity away from my life. And I'm, 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 I'm praying in faith now. I'm popping veins. I'm, I'm, ooh, I'm believing so much for this thing to go now. And then God goes, oh, shame. Let me respond now. Shame to my son. Let me come and let me take that away from him. Friends, remembering that you're asking God to respond. You're asking God to respond. You're asking God to act on your behalf. Ooh, that's a massive thing to ask. But how about Jesus has already done it? I'm not asking God to respond. I'm responding to what God has already done because He is God and He's already seen everything and He already knows everything and He's already provided for me peace 
so that I can now respond and grab hold of what He's already provided. Faith appropriates what grace has already provided. If we can catch this in our prayer life, it changes everything. See, Jesus has already done it all. Colossians, we'll just, I'll just read it for you quickly. You don't have to turn there, but just as a reference, Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Um, Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 is talking about Jesus. And it says this, For in Him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in Him who is the head of all, of all rule and all authority. So in Him, in Jesus, the fullness of the deity dwells, and you have been filled in Him. So, so Christ has all the fullness and the deity of God. He has everything. And now Christ is dwelling inside of us. You and I have everything. In Christ. Inside of our lives. You don't actually have to ask for healing. Because Jesus paid the price for your healing. You already have healing. You have health. Health is inside of you. It's in the fullness. It dwells bodily inside of Christ. He is the healer. He is health. I have to appropriate that healing in my life right now. And how do I do it? Part of appropriating that is speaking and declaring. Prayer becomes an appropriation of that which Jesus has done, not a cry of God to respond to me. There's a huge difference between trying to get God to do something and just believing what He has already done. See, one is following Him. He's already done it. I'm just following Him. And one is following me. Self, my voice, my feelings, my emotions. See, God is not responding to our prayer. Prayer is responding to God. What He has done for you and I. Prayer is not God give me. Prayer is making a withdrawal of an account that Jesus already has deposited into in your and my life. It's coming into agreement with Jesus. I really want us to catch this because it's... it's it's vital that we understand the shift and the change that God has already done something, friends. So when He's already done it, friends, my responsibility is to follow Him, is to come into line with His Word, is to come into line with who He is, is to come into line with His promises. And then by faith, I appropriate that. And as we've shared, one of the ways that we do that is obviously is to begin to speak. So a lot of our prayer would shift and change. We've got a lot of people crying out, going, God, can't you see this? Please move. And he's saying, I did move. And I did deposit. See, can you imagine if, if as an a silly illustration, but a simple illustration, imagine if I deposited into your account 10 million rand. Imagine that. Um, that would be awesome. And you've got the 10 million rand sitting in your bank account, and, uh, and now you've got a need for something, and you're going, oh, Grant, please, won't you help me? Um, I need, I'm needing finances to do this, that, and the other. And I'm going, no, but you've got, the, I've, I've already taken care of it. I knew that you were going to need this, and I've already taken care of it. But, friends, you can keep, 
You can have 10 million rand in your bank account and still not walk in the fullness of that because what, what do you have to do? You have to go and make a withdrawal. You have to go do something, friends. Like everything in the, in the Word of God, Jesus has taken care of it, but you have to respond and you have to do something in order so that you can walk in that fullness. And the key in this whole thing is that you have to bow your knee and respond and come into line with Him as Lord and Savior and King and give Him rightful place and authority and make Him your only voice. All other voices need to be quiet. But you see, we've got so many things happening and uh, a lot of the time... Uh, we kind of often, even now, you might be somebody out there that's thinking, well, I don't operate by my feelings or emotions. I'll give you a, 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 a silly, simple, easy illustration. Real life happened to us a couple of days ago. Um, um, Jane and, and, and my two daughters decide to go to Northgate. They, um, they're off to Northgate. They're gonna look, Casey's going to look for a present she, uh, for herself um, because it's going to be her birthday. So they're off there looking for that. Connor is now, my son has told me I'm supposed to be here at the, at the church venue at 10 o'clock for the alarm guys to come and uh, clean forgot about it because I never told Celeste, my PA, I never informed her so she couldn't remind me. So now I've forgotten about that. And then um, now my mom uh, phones and says she needs to come around to the house to give me some papers. And, uh, and then the guys from the alarm company that are coming around, phone and say they're going to be there in uh, five minutes. Um, and they can't get hold of me, so they get hold of Jane. So then Jane phones me, and she says, where are you? Can you go? And I'm going, well, I'm waiting for my mom. And, uh, and uh, um, only after that can I go, so I'm going to be late. Jane's saying, well, they're going to be there in five minutes. What do I do? I'm here at the mall. Um, so then she's like, do I make a decision now? Leave the girls uh, at the mall, uh, and then shoot across here, and then wait, and then I'll come, and then uh, once I'm here, then she can go back to the to the my daughters at the mall. Uh, now, what what? Just take it's an everyday scenario, but just think of that scenario. What is going on? First of all, somebody has said they're coming to a, a, a place, and and we and we are responding to to be there. And the feelings and the emotions that I'm going through is, oh, well, I want to I want to honour them. I want, to, I, want to, I want to be true to them. I want to look like I, I respect them and all of that. So I should really be here. But then I've got, I'm in a mall with my daughters and um, I've, got a, I've got emotions of, can I leave them there alone? Um, you know, will they be safe alone? And I, and I come here, um, you know, how long will the time be? My mom's coming now uh, to the house too. And, and I don't want to upset my mom and tell her sorry or she turn her away and, can you see the number of the equation of all the emotions and all the voices that are speaking in that little, one little scenario? Now, what does the Bible actually want us to do in that scenario? What the Bible wants us to do is to silence all those voices and say, all of those voices be quiet. Now, we simply yield to Holy Spirit. We go into the realm of the Spirit by faith. We begin to listen and all we want to do now is be obedient to what the Holy Spirit and God is saying. Because if you're obedient to that, then His will will enable everything else to fall into place. And that's what I'm trying to tell us today. There's so many voices. There's so many things that we're responding to. And it's got to do with our emotions and, you know, my own feelings and, 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 and my own status or, 
my own importance or I don't want anyone to get upset with me and my insecurities and blah, 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 when all we want to do is actually is listen to the voice of God. And so that's what I'm encouraging you with. But I want to land in the little time or any time that I do have. Um, I want to land quickly. Um, if you can go to me, uh, with me to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. We did a, a healings room, uh, myself, Ben, and Celeste um, did a healing, uh, healing rooms time on Friday uh, as 24-7 church. And um, this scripture came out, and it's, um, it's just been burning in my heart ever since. And I thought, Lord, um, why? And I just felt him say this. He says, I want my people at this time to walk in faith faith in me. I want them to line themselves, to silence all the other voices and just be obedient and respond to the voice of Holy Spirit, respond to me. I want them to commune with me, listen to me, and, uh, and, then, and, and, and uh, hear what I am saying. And you see, faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, and hearing comes by the Word of God. So I'm going to give you some tools now of how you can hear so that you can have faith. So that you can walk in faith in God to hear His voice and to obey Him and to follow Him. And then you won't be swayed to and fro by feelings and emotions. So um, Proverbs chapter 4, we can just read from uh, verse 20. It says, My son, my daughter, um, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. That is a very beautiful and powerful couple of verses. And I want to concentrate on verse 20 to 22, and then just pull it together with 23. But the first thing here is we want to see, it says, My son, be attentive to my words. Number one, pay attention or give attention to my words. It means total undivided attention. No distractions. Don't listen to other voices. So first and foremost, if we want to be a people that walk in faith, if we want to be people that hear God, then we have to be attentive. We have to not be distracted and be attentive now to the Word of God. That means the Word of God must now be my focus, must be my attention. I must, be, I must silence all the other voices. I want to sit. That's why we need to sit every single day and be nourished by the Word. Just read the Word and pay attention now to His Word at this time. Right? Number one. Number two, it says, um, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Now, that's a beautiful picture because what incline your ear simply means is, you, is to bend your ear. In Africa, there's a beautiful um, custom and uh, tradition um, in, in the culture. Uh, in, in Africa, is uh, in school, um, in the schooling, when, when, a, when a pupil goes up to the teacher's desk, um, they um, often they hold their book and they incline their ear to the teacher. Because they are saying that I, I am 
giving you authority to speak into my life. You are the teacher. I am the pupil. I'm yielding to your word and what you are saying. It's a beautiful way that we approach God. We pay attention now to his word, and then we incline our ear, which is we bow our ear. We yield now to what he's going to say. It's an attitude of humility, um, saying that we're willing to be taught, yielded to that word, uh, prepared to listen. Um, we, we're not um, going to uh, yield to our own opinions, but now we are listening to the teacher speak. And then number three, it says, um, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. <laughs> We're keeping them as our focus. We're not focusing on anything else. We're not having many different uh, inputs and different sources. We're making this now our focus. We focus on the Word of God. Don't give place to other things. Giving God's voice not just priority, but soul place. See, um, you know, man has over years got clever and developed and understood that there's two gates. There's the ear gate and there's the eye gate. And the best way for us to learn and, and um, to understand and to hear is to use both gates. It's why you often learn much better with a visual, like a video, because you are hearing and you're seeing. Well, it was in the Bible way before man, God's way cleverer than us, um, is that those two gates are vital. There must be the seeing and the hearing, in order f the ears bowing in order for us to hear um, what he's saying. And then it says, my son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not, es let them not escape from your sight, keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. Ooh, I love this. I love this. They are life to all those who find them. He's talking about His Word here. He's talking about being paying, giving His Word attention. He's talking about focusing on His Word. He's talking about yielding to the Word, allowing that Word now what? To get into our hearts. You see, because once that word gets into our hearts, it is life. It's his word that brings life, friends. It's his word that causes you and I to live in that place of freedom and victory uh, in every single area. It's his word, the living word, the living word of God that's uh, active in our lives. And then um, verse 23, just to wrap it up, it says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. So we can see here that what is in your heart will determine the course of life. It says, guard your heart, for everything in life comes from your heart. It's powerful. The heart is the source of life that we lead. That's how you hear. And what I love there is it says, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Just the same way as you walk in life, it's the same way as you walk in healing. Those words. You see, what we do is we take those words, we're attentive to them, we eat them. It's, they, they, it's telling us here that they are actually like medicine. They're healing to every single part of our body, our flesh. It's medicine, friends. How do you take medicine? Well, often you take medicine three times a day. 
breakfast, lunch, and supper. And it tells you how, how you're supposed to take the medicine so that it can be healing to your body. So I take the Word of God and apply it in exactly the same way. Is it tells me how to do it. This is how you must do it. You must be attentive. You must focus. You must incline your ear, humility, yieldedness to it. You must allow this word to come and to take root in, in our hearts, in our lives, because from there is going to spring life. So I've got to go and grab hold of that word, that word of healing. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. I'm going to take that word. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to make it my focus. It's now going to speak louder than every, every other thing. I'm not waiting for my feelings. I feel, friends, if I feel sick, I don't need for somebody to come and pray because Jesus actually tells us as the people of God, he never says go pray for healing. He says heal the sick. See, there's a difference. Because now if I'm feeling sick, God doesn't have to respond. That's not reality. That's not truth. I might feel sick, but the truth is Jesus paid the price already his grace has already provided on the cross. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. So now I need to come and I need to appropriate that which He's already done in my life by meditating, by, by um, allowing that Word to come and to partner with me inside of my heart and life. And feelings, friends, whether I feel it or not, doesn't mean it's so. The Word of God, truth, means it's so. See, if I'm feeling unrest and not, I'm not at peace, it doesn't mean that I, I, am, I don't have peace. I do have peace because Jesus has purchased it for me. So now I must come into line with that, to appropriate that by faith, to allow it to become my reality. I've been saved by grace through faith. Faith now allows that to become my reality. So now I begin to meditate on the Word of God, chew on the Word of God, becomes... It, it, goes into my heart, and now it becomes a spring of life because it now begins to permeate in my whole body. And whether I feel it or not, I am healed. But those feelings and the emotions, they will come into line. As I begin to uh, partake of that, friends, they begin to respond because now I, what I believe, I become. Ooh. You know, in, in, I shared in Isaiah 26.3, um, it says a man stayed on Christ is at peace because he trusts in him. That um, Hebrew word there is yorta or yaitza. Yaitza, actually. means yaitza. It's, uh, yaitza, it actually means form or purpose. So a man, a mind... You see, in the beginning, the earth was formless. And then God spoke and the Holy Spirit brought form to it. You see, a mind that stayed on Christ, a mind where Christ brings form and purpose, when I speak and align myself with that purpose, then my mind is at peace because I've now, I trust Him. I put my faith and trust in His Word, what He said. So I'll go back to the very beginning. If God is for us, who can be against us? That if I can bring my mind into alignment and bring that into purpose and form in my heart and life, I'm aligning myself with what God has already done. 
then there is nothing that I fear. Because who can be against me if God is for me? So now when I begin to pray, I begin to operate from another realm. So I'm no longer ooh, trying to get God to move. I'm responding to, what, to God's already moving. And I'm just coming into line with His Word and into line with His truth, into line with what Jesus Christ has already done. Now when we say obey the voice of the Lord, I'm simply, I'm not panicking. You see, and, and this is if you will travel with us in Acts, you will see this is how Paul operated. Paul never responded. He didn't say, oh God, I didn't realize this. Now, oh my word, um, I'm now we're in prison and uh, this is going to block the... So now I'm just asking that you would let us out of prison. I'm asking that you would um, just don't let this damage the people's uh, faith in, in the Word of God and that you are faithful because they might wobble because now I'm in prison. He's not asking God to respond. He's simply constrained by the Spirit of God, and he's just following and yielded to what God is saying. And whatever that goes, friends, he just yields to that and can worship and trust him because he's following He's not trying to do something right or wrong. And he's not analyzing whether he made a mistake and he let Satan in somewhere or somebody, oops, the reason why that happens, I must have opened a door. No, the door is open to Jesus Christ. Why would we believe more that we're, that's the door and not some other door? Amen. It is very quiet in this um, church, but that's because um, I can't hear anybody and everybody's on a screen. Um, uh, but I hope you're all getting stirred up and excited um, because I, my, the reason why I'm sharing all of this is I want the people of God. We should be uh, giving less and less opinions at this time and listening more and more to the voice of God and just beginning to yield and follow to Him. And there should be a unity and a oneness beginning to happen in the body of Christ because God's not confused. He's not telling a whole bunch of people all different things. At this time. So I want to encourage us as a family. We're going to tuck in tighter. And even in your heart and in your life and in your walk, in your daily walk with the Lord. I want you to stop and silence all the other voices, even though they might speak. I want you to silence your feelings and your emotions. And I want you to stop and say, I want to live by faith, Lord God. I want to hear you. And I want to obey you. And I want to be led by you. So I want to thank you that I'm a sheepy. And a sheepy will know the shepherd's voice. You see, I'm not praying, saying, God, help me to hear your voice. Please, I want to hear your voice. I'm saying, I'm a sheep, and your word tells me that I hear your voice. So I thank you that I'm hearing your voice. I thank you that you're speaking very clearly now. I thank you, Lord God, that as you direct, I thank you I'm going to follow. And I thank you that you lead me beside still waters. I thank you that you're leading me in pastures green. There's a difference. And I begin to declare, thank you, Jesus, that you paid a price. Thank you that we were justified by faith and we now have peace with God. And I am now a minister of reconciliation. I'm going around giving peace. Not, well, I'm, I'm all over the place. I need to first steady myself. Please, God, won't you just help me and give me some peace? He gave you peace. Amen? So I want to pray. For us today that we, we're living in the most exciting times, whereas the people of God, we can align ourselves with Jesus and see the miraculous happen. Um, and it's not 
by feelings or emotions. Amen. And so I, 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 my cry for you today is, won't you just come and won't you just yield? And, and I'm, not, I'm not playing down the reality of all the, 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 those, the feelings and emotions that we do have. But if you've been gripped, say, by fear, um, it's, 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 it may be very real in speaking to you, but don't allow it to be the voice that you obey or that you respond to. But go back to His Word and begin to respond to the promises that God has given you. Amen. That if God is for you, who can be against you? I don't have to fear anything. God is for me. And I'm just following Him because that's what He asked me to do. Amen. Now let's pray. So Father, I just thank you right now as the people of God. We were born for such a time as this. It is a great opportunity for us to arise and shine. But Lord, we need to arise. And you're not, want, you're not wanting people to arise with opinions. You're not wanting people to, to uh, uh, be full of up and down, uh, yo-yo emotions, Lord God. You're wanting people to be steadfast. You want our lives to be built on the rock. You want the only voice that we're yielding to and that we're listening to to be the voice of Jesus, the voice of the Spirit as He speaks. And so, God, Lord, help us. I'm asking now, Lord God, that you would help us to pay attention to your words. I'm asking that you would help us, Lord God, as we steady our hearts with your word. I'm asking that you would help us to incline our ear. That's to bow our ear, Lord God, to humble ourselves. Not to place emphasis and priority or importance or value on other voices. But to place soul priority on one voice and that's yours and I thank you Jesus that we would take these words and focus on them no other distractions Lord focus, focus, be attentive put them before us all the time Lord and as we meditate on them and they're before us, and we're paying attention to them, and we're yielding to them, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that they would become life to our bodies, to our minds, to our souls. Not just a healing, Lord God, but also vibrant uh, blessing, Lord God, in every single um, one of our lives so that we can be a blessing. We have already been blessed in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says that everything that pertains to life and godliness has already been given to us. We have this. This is a done thing, Lord God. We are just aligning ourselves with it and beginning to declare it and proclaim it as the people of God. Let your people arise and shine and proclaim the light of God, the Word of God at this time. Let us come into line with you, Lord God. Let us not be a people of arrogance trying to give our opinions and say a whole bunch of things. Let us not be a people right now that place importance on anything else. But let us be a people that just simply yield and follow you. Lord, may you help us as your people, Lord God, as we walk in, as we journey, 
uh, as we navigate some of the things that are going on. Will you help us, Lord God, to stay humble? Because Jesus, you said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble of heart. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It means that there is a yoke, friends, but it's Christ's yoke. What is a yoke? It's being harnessed to Christ. That means where he goes, I go. Whatever he does, I do. Whatever he says, I say. That's why it's so easy. So will you help us to be harnessed and yoked to you, Jesus, to follow you, to go where you go, to say what you say, and to only do what you do. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray a blessing over every single person here this morning, over everybody that ever listens to this, Lord. I thank you, Father, that as they align with you, Lord God, you've come to give them life. You want to bless and allow blessing to flow through the people of God because they're already blessed. But you want a blessing to flow through their lives. So, Lord, will you help us in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Love you, church. So grateful that you could join us this morning and be part of this time together, sharing around the Word of God, worshiping, loving Jesus. He's amazing. He's wonderful. Um, as you go out into the week, please don't stay afar, but come close with all the things that we do have. We do love you. Please let us know if there's anything that you're needing or how we can help in a practical manner. But uh, also just come on to Zoom and, and, uh, and all the different Bible studies and prayer uh, meetings that we have. Uh, if you're needing healing, uh, come on Friday with the healing room. Otherwise, just appropriate the Word of God. It's there. God's already purchased it for you. Um, but yeah, just have an awesome week, and we love you, and we're so grateful uh, to be part of this beautiful family and what God's doing at this time. Uh, love you lots.